0: Hi, welcome to the first full episode of my podcast, No More Hiding. So I wanted to start just by giving a brief outline of my mental health journey. I'm gonna go more in depth about things in future. Um, but I just kinda wanted to give a bit of a timeline from kind of the beginning of my journey really till the end um it started when I was in year eight I suppose so when I was 12 years old so when I was 11 I went away to the Royal Ballet School and had a great time there I obviously was quite a flamboyant child I was very confident in myself, very strong personality Um, and being there I suppose the whole time really it was kind of I was living my dream because I loved dance as a child it was everything to me it was the only thing that kind of it sounds so cliche but like it was the only thing that really made me truly happy and like I could really express myself. Um and yeah, so I was there, I was in my second year, obviously I've been living away from home, which honestly I absolutely loved. Loved boarding school. I loved being away, absolutely had a great time. And then I was in year eight and then every year at Royal they do appraisals. So if you get a mark over 50, you can stay till the next year. If you get a mark under 50, but like they assess you out. So that means that you can't stay for the next year. And I got 47, which is fun. And then got a call... Cool A few days later to tell us all about like why and what they can do to support me to help me get into another school and all this kind of stuff and I think that was the first time I truly felt a dip in my being I suppose because before then I'd lived a very happy life I'd had a few things that had maybe upset me like in a big way but that was the first major point in my mental health so I was assessed out and basically after that the next year I went to the Hammond school which is in Chester which is a performing arts school and obviously, I came from a very strict ballet school before that. So I kind of, I think that definitely helped bring me back up because I felt very low um, after getting assessed out. So I went off to the Hammond School, absolutely loved it. There was a lot of lot going on. Obviously, we were doing our academics as well as dance, drama, singing, different music, there was just so much going on, loved it, kind of bought myself back up, but definitely there, more than at Royal, I felt different than most other people, Um, because I'm, as a child, definitely very stereotyped day child I suppose um and when I went to Hammond I noticed kind of after about a term that I didn't really fit in with everyone like I did at Royal but at, at Royal like everyone was very outgoing everyone was interested in similar things that I was into like the majority of people, so going from that to then being at a school where there were a lot more masculine guys um that I was living with, and the big difference was that when I was at Royal, we lived at school, so you were around every single person you went to school with and at Hammond, we didn't, so the school was in a different place and we used to take a bus every day back and to and from the boarding house, but the girls and the boys had a different house. So all the only people I had for company was the boys that boarded. And I think that's when I started feeling rough, I think, there because I didn't fit in with definitely the boys in my year at the start, so I really didn't fit in with them. They were interested in gaming and Xbox and The Walking Dead, things like that, and it just wasn't for me at all. And I remember I used to feel so flat every time the school day finished and I'd have to go back. To the boarding house because I just I didn't really know what to do with myself because it just wasn't for me at all so did year nine but it was never anything major I just knew that it wasn't the right place for me mentally that like I knew I'd never absolutely love the boarding house there and then year 10 came along and I think that's when me feeling like I was more um different really secured itself so that my big flamboyant gay personality all that I think changed I started being embarrassed of those things more of myself um and I think eventually Like, several things happened, but eventually that turned into kind of dark thoughts at first. Kind of things that I didn't really understand what I was feeling, but a lot of things I could feel myself kind of changing, I suppose. And especially, I should mention at the time, I was the only out gay person in the whole boarding house of guys obviously now a few of them have come out a lot later on but then I felt I did feel very alone and I did feel like the outsider and that kind of that triggered anxiety and depression and at that age I because I felt very alone and very different than everyone else at the boarding house I started talking online with different men and stuff just because I wanted to well I wanted to be loved really because I saw everyone else constantly talking about oh I like this girl I like this girl all that and then they could relate about those things but no one could relate with me and so I Yeah, so that happened, and it started progressively getting worse. I felt my mind changing, definitely, and then, so it was okay, and then, so I got through Year 10, and then over the summer of Year 10, I definitely, I started counselling, um, to try and get me help over the summer and I've talked with my mum about that time recently and she goes the reason she found it so difficult to help me with all these things is because she never could tell there was anything wrong with me because I had all these feelings that I used to feel alone most of the time and only share with like some people that were very close to me and so a lot of the time I at that time I it was always alone no one else could tell unless I had kind of let them in I mean that changed later on but so it became more evident but yeah so year 10 summer happened we got through that and then we started year 11 and I think at first, it felt good because I we were now top of the school, so we were the oldest in the boarding house, which meant certain privileges, like things that we could go out and walk to the shops at night if we wanted to and stuff like that. So there was more freedom and I think that helped because before that, I felt very trapped in um the boarding house. So we're in year 11 and that's when after a while the thoughts became darker and it's a bit difficult to try and pinpoint certain things that triggered stuff Um, but just in general a lot of it was my own doing i let myself spiral out of control and um, but i started self-harming and the whole time i was doing all these things i still felt very confused but like i do them and then after i feel so confused as to why i had done it so yeah i started self-harming I was having more and more counselling that I used to take time off school to go to which um the head of boarding used to take me to which did really help um for a while but I kind of felt very flat and I didn't want any more to do with um my mental health or to think of my future I just I really had enough by that point but I kind of got through it year so year eleven happened and then I went off to Romba for um first year. So I went to Romba for my university after year eleven and it was really great at first because I didn't know apart from two people in older years, I didn't know anyone um so i didn't know anyone at Rumbear, so it was a completely new start there was no one that knew much about me there either so it was like starting over everything was afresh and i thought when i was at hammond i kind of by the end i didn't make the best impression of myself just because I was very sad a lot of the time, so I was quite an emotional person then, and also did a few things that got me in trouble at school, and everyone knew about that, so yeah, so it was great, and then Rombert absolutely loved it, was getting, going through the first term, and then towards the end of the first term is when I met my new, this guy that I would now be with for two years, unwillingly, um, but, so he was a bit older, and he was abusive financially and verbally, but that didn't come until later on. At first it was great, so, um, yeah, That's when the dark thoughts came back in, but it was very slow, the abuse with him. So he had never, I think, so he was gay, but he, I think he was struggling to come to terms with that at first. And by this point, I, I was very comfortable with my sexuality, um, so I um met him, we started dating, then started seeing each other more and more and then before we know it I will talk a lot more about him but I think for now I just want to keep this as more of a timeline kind of thing but let's just say we took several breaks but Two and a half years later, I went off to my first job in Ballet Cymru, which is a Welsh ballet company that I worked at for the end of my third year at Rumbear and um, the new academic year until we broke up in... December, so we um for Balacommery, we worked up until December, and then we stopped for the year and the first day I moved to Wales, I broke up with my ex um but I'll talk a lot more about that in depth, but it's quite a complicated story, so yeah, that's probably best not for now um. So I started at Ballaghamry and honestly I had never been so happy because I was free from kind of the abuse of the sex. I didn't have to deal with it anymore. Well, so I thought, but we'll get back to that. Um so that was absolutely great. We toured in the UK, we toured to China and it was amazing. Like I was really was living my dream. I was dancing. I was getting paid to do what I loved and it was just absolutely brilliant. Um but then I met my new boyfriend, Reese, who I'm with now, and we've been together nine months now. But so we met just after I came back from China in September and I was finishing the year and towards the end of my contract with Ballard I noticed a lot of pain start in my knee. Um, And then it was getting worse and worse and I was continually not being able to do stuff at work. And so um, my boss told me to take the week off, go down to London, go see a good physio, get an opinion so I know what's going on with you. So I went down there and this physio told me that he thinks that I might have torn my meniscus and by now I'd already been to several different physios about my knee and they all had a different opinion. So this was probably the fourth thing that I've been told about my knee. So I think at first it was a problem with my hamstrings, apparently, because my hamstrings were too flexible, which was making it too, putting too much pressure on my knee. It was very confusing. So I got told, I can't remember exactly how many things it was, but. I remember this was definitely my third diagnosis, maybe my fourth, of what the problem with my knee was because I'd been to a few different people because it was progressively, I could feel it getting worse. And so he said it was a tall meniscus, he thinks, but he can only be 70% sure because he said you can get an MRI and then they can tell you properly, but until then... It's not something that you can just diagnose. and you know? So I came back and told my boss that. And then from there, I kind of assumed that I wouldn't be kept on for the next year because my knee wasn't going to get better by itself or I wasn't going to be able to continue to dance, which I was doing, which in hindsight was very... I shouldn't have done that. I should have been a lot more mature and been honest and said that what my problem was. But I I was absolutely loving the fact that that was my job, that I didn't want to stop. And because I knew that they take a break for basically three months, so it's like they work on a nine-month-on period and three months off, so I was getting closer and closer to that date where I was kind of like, I'll just keep going, just keep going, it will be okay. Um, So I did that. I um, was then told in my last week there that they wouldn't keep me on, which obviously I was very upset, but I knew it was coming. I knew I was not surprised at all that they told me that, because obviously I wasn't able to dance properly at this point, I wasn't able to push myself as hard as I wanted to either, so um, obviously at this point we didn't know what the problem with my knee was, but then I got an MRI, and yeah, I'll talk a lot more in depth about this, but it ended up, after the whole thing I got an MRI it turns out I had three tears in my right meniscus and a cyst which I'd probably been dancing on for two years since the problem started because it was a very small pain at first because it's something to do with how flexible I was meant that I don't feel pain as strongly as it actually is a lot of the time the um, surgeon said but I I had to get a partial lateral meniscectomy in February and then after that obviously not long later lockdown started so I'd already felt very drained emotionally by then. Um, Yeah I've been through a lot by now with kind of feeling First of all, this whole feeling of, oh, I'm never going to dance again, blah, 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 And then lockdown started and I was like, crap. I can't even go and take a class to get myself better. But I have, um... yeah, so I'll talk a lot more through things but I'm feeling good right now. I think at the start of lockdown, like regardless of all the problems with my knee, um, at the start of lockdown I was kind of enjoying it because back then I think everywhere you looked on social media there was so much positivity. The fact that everyone was coming together it was such communities we're now talking to each other but especially where I live you walk down the street and often people don't even acknowledge you they don't look you in the face and ever since lockdown people started having that communication more just a little smile at each other or a little look or something just saying good morning Like, it makes a huge difference. So I was really enjoying it at first. Um, And then I took a bit of a dip because I've been... I'm not very good with being confined at all, which is why I think my mental state was what it was at boarding school in a lot of ways, was I did feel very trapped, even though I did love it that I... I just like, I appreciated my freedom, um, so yeah, but now I'm feeling good, I'm feeling really positive, and I'm very, I'm very grateful in a lot of ways that I've been through everything I've been through, because, so right now I have like bullet points of what I wanted to say for this episode, um, in front of me and when i look at it all in front of me i think how much i've actually learned from each thing and as i said this is a brief timeline just to put everything out there and then i'm going to do more specifics and then i can kind of talk about what i've learned from things in hindsight but yeah i'm feeling really good right now and thank you so much everyone for listening if you are um, I hope that I hope I can teach like someone something from making these they're very, it's very personal to me um, but I by telling my story because I know that a lot of people will have similar experiences in certain ways and i want to be able to tell my story and if that helps someone then it's worth it isn't it and i hope that someone can learn something from my experiences and not feel that they're so alone because a lot of the times where i've I was going through things I felt very like no one understood no one could relate at all and that was so not true if I reached out and kind of listened to more things then I that would have helped me a lot so yeah uh, let me know what you think drop me a message at my Instagram Oliver W Smith if you don't know but yeah thank you so much for listening and I'll be back with another episode soon bye